Welcome to the Waking Up to Money podcast. This is a podcast for freelancers and founders, coaches, consultants, and companies of one who want to learn how to price their services with more confidence and clarity. We believe that to price more powerfully, you need to have a more powerful relationship with money. This means being more aware of the role money plays in your life, not only in the tangible day-to-day transactions, but also in the intangible feelings and beliefs we unconsciously carry with us. With these podcasts, we not only share tactics and strategies for pricing well, we also raise your awareness of one of the biggest obstacles to getting paid your worth. You. You are worth more than you think, and by working through your relationship with money, you'll learn that you don't have to work so hard. This is season three of the podcast, and we've now completed two versions of our Happy Pricing course. We're learning more and more about the challenges you face and the best ways to overcome them. These podcasts are recorded live and we encourage our live listeners to ask their questions and sometimes even join us on the mic. In this way, we bring you real situations and offer real solutions. It isn't just all theory. Join us live or just enjoy the recordings. Either way, we hope you'll learn how to price more purposefully so that you can make the impact you want while creating more ease in your business. Enjoy. Pricing uh, in uh, in red waters is like fishing with for, for piranhas. <laughs> Pricing and piranhas. That's so the new it, season of the podcast. You are in a jungle in Ecuador in a canoe mm-hmm. fishing for piranhas. That's correct, yes. How so, many yeah. of you in a canoe? I think there were two of us in our canoe, uh, and we were maybe in a group of about eight people or something like that. Uh, and it's like a sort of it's like a sort of theme park for twenty year old traveling types. You know, you go into the jungle, you do some camping out. They take you piranha fishing. Uh, you eat the piranhas later. Uh, you take their jaws home as like a little uh, little kind of post barbecue memento to display oh. your kind of species strength. And uh, <laughs> off you go. Right. If you're watching this this morning, we, we've scrapped talking about money. We're going to start talking about piranhas. No, scrap pricing. Go for piranhas. Exactly. About- it's all about the peas. All about the peas. If you are watching this, uh, please do a thumbs up if you've ever been fishing for piranhas. If not, a thumbs down. And I- I'm going to guess at how many... <laughs> Of the audience have actually fished for piranhas. Um, we've also got a little poll going on, so uh, let me know. Let us know where you're at in your in your pricing world. Uh, and the final final job for you to do, uh, if you can't be asked doing the others, just say hello in the chat. Uh, share where you are watching from, uh, and maybe a, a word or two of how you're feeling um, while we try and work out what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> emergent yes. strategy emergent strategy mm-hmm. um so this is this I, i've called this season three season nice. three of what was season uh, one season one was our build-up to the first ever happy pricing course okay yes yeah. of course it was of course yeah, how season- could i forget <laughs> season one was that mad scramble of trying to work out what are we doing Mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to get people on board. Hi, Simon. Oh, Simon is wet in Bristol. 
I'm sorry to hear that. It's actually quite sunny here in Hove. Um, it is. I think it's well, it, it, it still is sunny. Still is sunny. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was crazy with the rain. Um, hi, Sam. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, listening while doing the dishes. Multitasking. Multitasking. Okay. No piranhas in there. Yeah. It's, you know, I love that because it's basically you're, uh, you're being doubly effective. Mm -hmm. you're, you're like learning about pricing and you're keeping the house clean. That's the kind of productivity that we look for in our happy pricing followers. I'm all for that. They don't, I multitasking is just the, the the process of doing many things badly. But I'm well, sure maybe Sam, for you. Maybe, but for not me. for Sam. No, Sam. I'm sure Sam is fully in control, uh, mm -hmm. or she's just not listening to us at all and just washing the dishes. Yeah. I want to know how she's able to type while her Oh, yeah, this sounds like a health and safety hazard. <laughs> exactly. You've got to watch out there. It's, um, Voice activated. Yeah. It's She's communicating via Alexa. <laughs> oh, just it's too much technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Alexa. To, oh, in my case, Siri, I don't trust, trust her to understand a word I say. Too many mixed up text messages getting sent with the wrong message. But... Uh, we digress because we can't think of what to say. But <laughs> well, what we are, what we were, doing, what we were going to talk about, um, we were going to a bit of a recap on the second happy pricing course that we kicked off, uh, or we finished. Is it nearly three weeks ago? I think it might be nearly three weeks ago. Certainly two, uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and. Um, uh, as always, um, it was great for us. Lovely energy, uh, great learning experience. Um, thankfully, most people liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win. I got what they needed. We, I, I shared the feedback form with with Ben last night. Hopefully, he's uh, studied it rigorously. And, <laughs> uh... and all, all the amazing feedback that we've been getting. Um, I was going to touch on, I think, uh, firstly, I thought what would be good is just to to recap for those who don't know anything about the Happy Pricing course and what it's about and what we're trying to do with it. Maybe just give them, give people a bit of a rundown of what the intention is, Ben, for mm -hmm. it, what we, would, what we wanted people to get out of it, um, what it was, uh, what, what kind of stuff we covered, and then we can have a quick chat about how it ran and maybe things that we learned along the way. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, who's, so it for? <laughs> who's it for? Well, I guess maybe just going back a little, little mini step, uh, sort of before that, to just provide a bit of context. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so from my own experience running running a business, the you know I had really kind of found getting a handle on both kind of money stories our own money stories and stories that our clients might be telling had a really big impact on um, how commercially successful we were. Uh, and um, not only kind of money stories, but then once I kind of opened that, you know, particular Pandora's box, kind of realized there's so much at play when we are trying to figure out what prices to charge and, you know, what people want to pay and the whole kind of feeling of guesswork that sort of exists in that. And so this had been sort of a kind of important part of how we 
had run uh, my last business and that was kind of important to that. And then kind of working with you guys uh, last year now on the 2020 vision program and uh you know kind of uh, kind of wanting to sort of one of the one of my kind of outputs from that was wanting to sort of uh, download a lot of the stuff that I had kind of picked up over the years in, in many respects to kind of create space for new stuff to to come on board uh, and uh, as part of a kind of a general sort of orientation that I was sort of looking at of trying to kind of exist more in the space of being kind of Buddha in the board Buddha on the boardroom uh, and you know how we like I said how we kind of relate to money how our clients relate to money is a can be sort of a complicated thing and for lots and lots of people particularly people who are kind of more what we you know might sort of shorthand be more kind of purpose motivated kind of the idea of profits the idea of money uh, we kind of it, for many people actually the more they kind of turn up the talk of profit actually there's somehow a kind of feeling or a reaction that you turn down the, the kind of volume of money you turn down talk around money and that somehow these things can't or or shouldn't or don't sort of coexist and I think one of the things that we were really keen is that you know particularly for people who are kind of oriented and motivated by purpose motivated by mission wanting to make a positive dent on the world was to kind of bring a lot of what I'd learned over the last 15 or 20 years around money and around pricing and kind of offer that to people so that they are able to get some profit into their business, particularly if they are purpose-oriented, particularly if they are mission-oriented. Um, because like you know, money is the kind of oil that makes our organizational wheels spin. And uh, you know, so particularly if you are motivated by purpose, you are motivated by kind of mission, actually getting more profit into your business will allow you to do more of the thing that you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, so we um like as you sort of said, we're kind of two pricing, two cohorts into the the pricing course now, uh, and you know we've had a, we've had a kind of mix of people in there. We've had community builders in there, we've had coaches in there, we've had marketeers in there, we've had agency owners, we've had technologists, um, <clears throat> a whole kind of a whole sort of mix of people. But I think what's kind of really kind of clarifying, I think the people who um sort of really able to kind of use and act on a lot of what we teach kind of earlier you know so they they you know tend to lead a small business maybe just yourself maybe you and a few other people oftentimes they are providing a service uh, like i said maybe it is coaching maybe it's facilitation maybe it is design services something like that and i think and and they're providing these to other businesses uh which is again just lots to Lots in what we teach is very, very applicable to these people quite early on. Uh, and so I think that that's kind of starting to feel like the people who kind of benefit most immediately and most quickly. Would that be sort of fair? Yeah. No, I, I think that's, you know, the, it's that interesting thing. There's a, it can apply to many different industries. I think it can apply mm. to all sorts of businesses, but particularly given, and I think we'll dive into this a bit deeper in terms of some of the feedback we've got, in terms of the, the approaches that we advocate, um, I think it becomes more effective when you are able to have conversations directly with the buyers mm. and with, with the, the people who are making the decisions and I'm really understanding. Essentially, the beneficiary and the way I look at it, the person who's going to benefit from the service is the person making the decision that uh, my understanding is that that having that relationship means that you can put some of these um, approaches into much well you can feel like you're making more progress with these approaches mm -hmm. as opposed to sometimes when you're uh, doing something like a product or even a community 
where you have many, many customers and many, yeah. many views of what value means. And we can talk about that later. That's an important, mm -hmm. that, that can be a, a, a bit of a nuance or a, a, a bit of a challenge there. But again, still possible. The fundamentals are the same. I was going to say, I'd add on to that. The other aspect for me, I think one of the key things is this kind of connecting the number that you put as a price to you. Somehow mm. this it has to be, you know, a lot of the people that I think are interested in this work or who struggle with pricing, the biggest challenge is that the value that they talk about is so tied to either themselves or the complexity and intricacy and beauty of the thing that they're creating. And so they feel more value means more stuff. So mm -hmm. higher prices means more stuff. So the more I make this complicated, the more I make this uh, uh, full of stuff, the, the higher I can charge. And, and mm -hmm. I believe one of the key learnings, I hope, for people, you know, beyond some of the tactics and strategies, I hope that we can communicate that it isn't about you. And I think mm -hmm. this is the message always. It isn't about you. And it's all about the customer, the person that you're trying to serve. And whether they want to pay 10 grand or 10 quid has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's, that's the job, I think, that we're trying to help people uh, accomplish is actually which end of the spectrum do these people sit, 10K or 10 quid? Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to decide whether you want to work with them. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. fair? Another way of looking at these? Yeah, things? very much so. I think, yeah, and uh, maybe sort of leaping ahead. If so, sort of tell me. I guess um, one of the there were a couple of uh, certainly for me, kind of sort of reflections, kind of rememberings, uh, if that's a word, as we kind of went through the course last week. Uh, and one is like the point that you're saying there is is just that actually I think we got quite far into the course last week, and people still hadn't made that kind of you know, that absolute kind of, uh, to excuse the pun, penny dropping kind of realization that mm. actually that's what it's about, which obviously is then a, a kind of failing in the teaching because actually that is the key point, that it is not about you. It is about what's happening with the person on the other side of the table mm -hmm. uh, and so the task, the job, the opportunity is to understand that. So I think, yeah, you know, that is a really important thing. And one of the other things which kind of came up, which again, isn't really about the kind of tools and tactics, but it's something that's come up a little bit in conversation with people since, uh, and actually kind of reflects a little bit my route into this whole thing, is that for all, for everybody who was part of the last cohort, and actually the first cohort, and many of the people we've spoken to since, all of these people, actually, there is, you know, even before you get into the kind of specifics of how you learn, how you understand what your clients want to pay, everybody is worth more than they think you know you are worth more than you think and so even before you get into any of the you know the perceived complexities there is room for you to put your prices up uh, and actually that alone you know price is an important signal and our clients are looking for signals all of the time they're looking for reassurance you know new clients whatever and the prices that we charge do send an important signal uh, yeah. and i think yeah that was the, the other just kind of uh, remembering that kind of came out of it, They're just kind of encouraging people to to kind of go a little bit further than they might feel comfortable with now. That is a very simple win, actually, that many people can make. And I think this is, to me, in terms of like kind of who we're talking to and I think who we can really help, is there's an element of self-confidence here. I think if you are supremely confident about your value and, and your um, 
I mean, just you, uh, whether it's a, a pathological kind of <laughs> so scary, I don't, you know, total egotistical. I, I, I don't care what other people think. Then you, this isn't for you. You know, you, you, you can do your own thing. And you go. But if there's something around, like you, re you, you're not sure about whether you're allowed to charge that much, or you kind of like feel it's unfair if you charge too much, or you know, you're, you're still trying to work out, you know, the work that you do is that. You know where? How do I put a number to that stuff? Mm. I think if there's, if you're having that kind of challenge, um, I think this is where I believe these kind of conversations outside of the course can be helpful because on the course is very much we focus on how, you know, how to do these things, how to discover the value. I think what we can do with these kind of the waking up to money show is just hopefully get you to that space of a bit more confidence. It's okay to learn the how. Because you're actually opening up, waking up to the fact that it isn't about me. I have to shift out this mindset of actually I'm not good enough or I haven't got, you know, I'm not allowed to charge more. Um, if we can build up that confidence, because once you've got that, then all the tactics and tools are very easy to learn. And it's just about practicing. It's just mm. about doing it again and again and again. And I, that a story that comes up that, that reminds me around confidence i would say and this might be a male female thing i'm not sure but my wife picked me up on this uh i was going through the garage yesterday because i'm trying to clear it out and i had this big massive uh file <laughs> i was looking through and i found like my first ever job contract and i found this email a printout of an email i sent um i think i was three years into the job and they'd given me a promotion all right and they'd given me a, a certain salary and i wrote to them and saying i don't think i'm valued enough uh, and I don't believe this is enough, you know, considering, you know, considering the amount of work that I do for the company or the, the value I create, uh, I believe I'm worth a lot more than this. And I think you should be paying me this. Um, and my wife said to me, I would never write that email. I would never actually even consider doing that. Uh, and it made me think, it's like there is a... I don't know what it was. I think part of it was I saw other people being paid a lot more than me who were doing... But at the same time, I believed I was creating that value, and I believed actually I I was allowed to ask that how to do it in a in a in the right way. I don't think I did it very sophisticatedly. I just asked for the price. They knocked me down, and I said yes immediately. <laughs> I should have I should have um, discussed that a bit more. But at the same time, I think just even being in that space of saying I I'm worth more. Mm. I think it's, I think is. I believe now part of our job now, maybe with this show as well, trying to get people to to consider that they are worth more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, <clears throat> um, I think that's yeah, that's that's really it's really really interesting, and I think yeah, very very true. You know, I think there's lots of people who wouldn't uh, wouldn't have kind of brought that up, and and like you know the thing that you sort of talk about there being you know of course there is a there is a, a you know a small and I think it is actually a very small subsection of kind of pricing psychopaths who have just that sort of you know some sort of kind of veneer of invincibility and they don't question any of these things and they just kind of go with what they but I think actually it is a very very small percentage of people and clearly those are not the people we're sort of talking to but you know I think it is small like I was having this conversation with well, a bit of an email chat with with a friend of mine and he you know he runs uh, his own business and uh, I was kind of recounting to him uh, one of the other kind of one of my other kind of key staging posts on posts on my route into this whole kind of area of exploration uh, and it was with a 
um, a teacher of mine, and he was running a course called Work, Sex, Money, Dharma, which is basically the, you know, the kind of big ob objects of life seen via a, a Buddhist lens. And on the on the the money segment of the course, it was all delivered via video. Uh, and the he kind of opened by saying, you know, so if I say to you, money, 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 what comes up for you? And it was in asking that was the first time I'd ever really thought, and actually loads came up for me, like, you know, as part of that sort of exploration, loads and loads came up for me. And actually it was the first time that uh, I'd actually really started to see so much of that sort of the stories and all the things which kind of bubble up, you know, things we inherited from family, things we inherit from culture, society, everything that you're kind of talking about, about what men do, what women do, all of this. Sort of thing. There's so much kind of wrapped up in it. But I was I kind of put that to this friend of mine who also runs a business. And he was saying, yeah, actually, every entrepreneur he knows struggles with this in some form. Uh, and so I think, you know, that, you know, I think it's, you know, the, the that pricing psychopath is really in a minority. And actually, I think almost everybody else, to varying degrees, struggles with this to with to in in some form. It makes kind of the whole thing around money and pricing guesswork. Actually, mm. I'd be curious uh, for those of you listening live when you when you heard Ben say money, 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 money. <laughs> What were the first? What was the first word that sprang to mind? Be um, it'd be nice. Well, I, I'd appreciate if you, if you and totally uh, cool if it, if you're not comfortable with it. But just share in the chat a word that came up for you. I find that it's a useful way of just connecting um, to to not only your own story but maybe to other people's stories because the words that we share sometimes trigger or mm -hmm. make us aware. Of maybe some of the stories that we thank you very much alex fear yeah i'm with you on that alex that was the same for me actually it was a lot of fear around that oh, i actually thank yeah for me as well um like a story particularly around um uh that i've inherited is money is freedom but then the flip side of that is no money is is prison <laughs> mm. Is is yeah is inability to have choices, um, uncomfortable. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I think if if we if we feel uncomfortable about these of that word, how do we price well? Mm. Yeah, and how do we do loads of our work well? You know, because obviously pricing is just the the kind of the the label on the tin. Really, it's where it comes out. But of course, you know, dealing with money, interacting with money. Is about pricing. It's about almost, you know, every aspect is why that, you know, that course, work, sex, money, that's, you know, about the three big kind of objects. But of course, money, you know, we can't separate money out from how we work, how we live, all of these things. Not yet. Even before you get to pricing. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I, I do dream of a Star Trek world where we have no money. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Not yet. Yeah. We can't. No. And we're flying off into the cosmos. Oh, Andrea says hollow. Mm. Ooh, so there's an emptiness. Another way I read into that: this idea of the money is just is nothing. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's it's it, it has no meaning or no yeah. no no intrinsic. I don't know. I'm not trying to grasp the words here, but this feeling like 
doesn't matter. Why, why we? Yeah, I mean that, that's a really interesting because I think what tends to happen, what in, in a lot of instances is, you know, the the kind of the the general reaction, the kind of movement after that, the kind of invitation, the words, is that what we tend to realize for some of us, you know, we kind of it's grasping, you know, we just oh need it, need it, need it, you know, like you so see the freedom, security, safety. If all of those things, then I need it because. I need more freedom. I need more security. I need more safety. So we tend to have a kind of grasping thing. Uh, or for, for other people, it's more of a, no, it's not important. Your money's not important to me. Uh, and, you know, a kind of pushing away. But, of course, they are just two sides of the same the same coin, essentially. You know, it's kind of whilst it manifests in different ways, it's the same kind of a, a same sort of behaviours being prompted. Cool. Um. I am going to uh, go back to a couple of things that uh, people have said to us about the course. Mm, yeah, um, good idea. You... <laughs> that was the point of today's <laughs> session. <laughs> um, as a way of just kind of like communicating some of the the things that people have got from doing it, and hopefully then we can talk around that to help anyone who's listening is to, to get their understanding of, of uh, how it can help them. Um, and I think one of the things the, that came back from um, the feedback that helped someone was the idea of making making it easier to making themselves easier to buy, mm-hmm. and this concept of of being easy to buy, which I I'll be curious. Uh, let me know. Uh, let us know in the chat what that means to you. What does it mean uh, to make yourself easy to buy? to your customers if you were going to say i want to be easy to buy for my customers what is it that you would do what is it that make, that makes you think of um please share that in the chat if you can um in the meantime ben what is it what is it that we're trying to get people to do and wh- wh- why is it important to be easy to buy mm. um well i would be interested to know obviously i have studied the feedback form that came last night <laughs> Very good, very good. <laughs> but if I hadn't, was there anything in particular about their understanding, their interpretation of being easier to buy? Or was um, it they, they were just kind of noting that as one well, given that is the fourth module that that, that was important? Hmm. I'm trouble hearing you. <laughs> so thank you, Terry. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was specifically one of the things that they learnt that they are going to now use more often. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and so I think the, particularly the the uh, I mean there's a kind of huge amount in that. So for the purpose of benefit of people, um, the the fourth module on the on the training is around this idea of being easier to buy, and th- you know there is actually there's a lot in that. There's a lot of different things that you can sort of play with. One of the the kind of simple aspects of that is about the importance of choice. Because um, when we are deciding anything, whenever a customer or client is trying to make a decision to buy you, um, you know, there's, there's kind of some risk in every decision. Now, you know, the work that you do probably doesn't kind of feel particularly dangerous to you. And, I'm, you know, in many instances it probably isn't dangerous. But actually, whenever we're buying something, and this is true for every one of your customers or clients, whenever we're buying something, there's always a little question of doubt, is this going to do the thing that I want it to do? So there's a little bit of kind of dis-ease in the the kind of heart-mind of the buyer. 
And so it's really important that we remove as much of the kind of ambiguity, as much of the kind of dis-ease, as much of the uncertainty as possible. Uh, and one of the one of the aspects of that, and it is just one of the aspects, is about the use of kind of choice. Because um, the human brain isn't good at making absolute judgments or anything. If, you know, someone comes to you, Carlos, and said, I want, you know, uh, like if you're thinking back to your, your old business, if um, you know, want want a kind of website, and what tends to happen, what happens in a lot of instances, is a client comes, they ask for, they ask us to do the thing that we do. We go away, we write a proposal, uh, and we say, here you go. You know, it's going to cost you twelve pounds fifty, and here's the proposal. But the problem is that the the brain that comes with your customer and client, because you can't separate those two things out, not yet anyway. The the, the kind of brain doesn't know actually because it, it can't make a value judgment. It can't make an absolute value judgment. So it only knows the value of things in comparison. Hmm. Uh, and so what tends to happen is when we just give a proposal with a kind of single price in it, the brain that comes with your customer or client doesn't know if that's good value. And so it has to go looking for information to be able to make a comparison, to be able to make a value judgment. And so the way that that happens in most instances is they go compare you to somebody else because that's the way of making that comparison. And so when we don't offer choice, we're actually making it harder for our clients and customers to choose. And we're actually making them have to go check with other people, check other suppliers to see how we compare. And so the whole kind of dance of selling, the whole dance of pricing is really one of, of controlling the comparisons. And everything that we kind of look at in the course is how you get the information that you need to be able to understand options that your customer or client might want to buy, to understand the choices that you should offer them. But the simple principle, I think, which they're probably talking to in that feedback is you have to be offering choices. You have mm. to be offering options because it makes it's a really key part of being easier to buy. So it's... Um... So two things sprang to mind when you were talking there. So earlier I was talking about... Um... Um, this this uh, promotion and then kind of negotiating a new salary. And basically, I wanted, I wanted to get paid more. Um, I had no idea what the number should be. Mm. It was really difficult. And the only reason I picked that number is because I found out what someone else was being paid. Yeah. And so I had then a figure to compare to. But mm. if I just, someone said, oh, how much should you be paid? I, I'd go for the market. Ray, I, I'd look for anything that gave me a reference point. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I didn't, then I, I wouldn't feel confident about the choice because mm -hmm. I don't know if that was the right choice. <clears throat> so that, that's sort of thing that sprang to mind is like this real need to grasp onto some kind of reference point where, yeah. wherever I could find it, mm -hmm. uh, internally or externally. Uh, the other bit, I think, putting this person's feedback into context their particular service or business that they're working on at the moment is quite complex. It's already, when you're talking about fraught with danger, it's it's kind of, it, I found it a challenging to really understand when they were explaining it to me. And so there was within that, I think it was within the context that they were struggling to get people to understand the value of it. And so part of it, I think, and this maybe relate to anyone who who has something that's quite even like coaching or something that's quite uh, amorphous doesn't really have a, a set thing. You buy this and you get this type of thing, it's, or you're not able to explain it in that way. Being able to think about ways to bring down that anxiety or that fear or that 
uh, messiness of understanding is this worth my, that amount of money? Um, I think is is what you're talking to there. Part of it is being able to present these options in a way that makes mm. people ah, okay, I can be a bit more confident about my decision. Yeah, and of course the other thing which your example also talks to with your your salary, which is another aspect of this same this same kind of being easier to buy puzzle, is the thing around anchoring. Uh, because you know, so in your instance, you know, you said like, I think I'm worth this, which you yeah. took as a information, and they kind of negotiate from that point. Yeah. But the thing that happens, of course, whatever figure you'd gone back to them with, yeah. they would negotiate from. Yeah. So you know, you could have said a figure that was three times that amount, yeah. uh, and it, that may have felt really sort of uncomfortable. Yeah. But that would have been then the figure that they negotiate from, and actually. Yeah. You know, that is also an important part of this managing choices is the range of figures that we we go back to people with because you know going back to that that brain in the in the you know that comes with your customer or client it's looking for comparisons and the highest figure is the one which a reference is made from and at a personal level i think part of it the, there was a fear mm. on my part of being rejected and yeah, so i i was looking for two very clear anchors how much I'm being paid now, how much I saw this other person being paid. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I picked the middle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go for, I don't want to go further because that mm -hmm. feels like, oh, I'm starting to feel pressure around that. Uh, and I wanted more than this. So I kind of felt comfortable going through the middle. But what I'm from what I've learned from you and, and this understanding this money journey, that wasn't helping me. Mm -hmm. You know. If I'd been able to be a bit more bold and being a bit more clear about, right, this is the value that I can bring to the business and I can relate it to all of these things that the business could do, and uh, I could probably have asked even more. Mm, yeah. And, and then be pre being prepared to be rejected. Yeah. And then, okay, fine, let's talk. Rather than, yeah. oh, my God, I feel such a fool. Oh, my God, mm. they think I'm an idiot. Oh, my God, they think I'm really greedy. Oh, my God, they think I'm a bit egotistical. Rather yeah. than being just an objective, well, that's what I think it's worth, mm. rather than what I'm worth. Yeah. And the, so the thing which then I'm kind of reminded of that is this point around actually, in reality, what the consequences of rejection are. You know, for you negotiating, for anybody kind of listening, negotiating with clients, the, you know, the, the story of rejection is, of course, much fucking worse, excuse me, much worse than the reality of the rejection. Because like you say, yeah. what's actually going to happen in reality? They're going to say, no, I can't do that. Let's talk. And, yeah. you know, you're not you're yeah. not going to be thrown out of the tribe and kind of forced to live on the outside of the fence with all of the scary animals. That's <laughs> just not happening in this, this state of rejection. It yeah. will be, you know, it's a, an invitation to have the next round of conversation. And that's true if you're negotiating a salary. It's also true if you are negotiating with a client. Um, you know, all, all that can happen is that effectively they can say back to you, I don't agree <laughs> with, you know, and of course that can be expressed in all sorts of different ways. Some people might get funny about it. Some people might get defensive. Some people might get angry. Some people might, you know, be kind of easy with it. But all they can say is, no, I don't agree with that point. So let's talk. And it's about getting comfortable with that. So yeah, the, the kind of fear of fear of rejection is a is a is a kind of pesky little uh, bedfellow in this in this dialogue. And what's coming up for me is that at some level, 
they've somehow made a decision in their head already, you mm. know. Uh, and what I'm understanding when it comes to the pricing conversation is just trying to help them be comfortable with that decision. Yeah. And so whether that's that ultimately they decided not to go with you because they were just fishing mm-hmm. or they've actually decided they really want to work with you and they just need to make sure that they justify to themselves and to their partner and to their business partners and to anyone else who asked them why they've chosen you and why it's important for them to pay that money. Yeah. And that's, for me, I find that a bit more helpful because what you're doing is you're finding a way of of building their confidence in their choice mm-hmm. rather than forcing them down a path or being, you know, essentially like that snake, sleazy snake oil merchant convincing someone to get something they don't really want. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I, you know, for me, I just don't, I don't really believe you can sell something to someone who doesn't really want it. Yeah. Uh, I think certainly within the context of everybody we're kind of talking here, you, you're selling to people who have decided that they do want it. They may not be sure who they want it from. And then part of the the kind of requirement actually is to establish that quite early. You know, if somebody is just fishing and they actually would rather go with somebody else and they're using you to fill in that comparisons thing because other someone else has not provided kind of options. You want to know that as soon as possible, actually. And talking about money early is a real key way of understanding that. Because if you understand early that you are being used as a comparison tool, to put it kind of kindly, then you kind of know not to invest more time, energy and whatnot in, in trying to make that happen because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, then the flip, of course, is no, actually they do want to. And then what you're doing is you're helping them understand the value of what you're doing, uh, because that then should determine, can determine what you earn. Um, I think a kind of a topic that we've touched on in the past and we sometimes talk about in the program is this idea of um, if you're a coach, you really have the skills um, mm. to actually work with price well, because it is around coaching people to clarity about mm-hmm. their decision, essentially. And um, it reminds me of like, you know, the way I'm looking at selling these days is that it isn't about negotiating a price straight away. It's about, for me, just firstly finding out how clear about you are you about this thing that we're offering, about what your intention is, why you want to do it, what is it that's going to be better for you. And I feel like without that clarity, there's always kind of like excuses oh, it's the wrong time, oh, it's a bit too much money, oh, it's, uh, you know, it might not work for um, my partner, my friends, or whatever it is. And I think that's just a sign of not really sure why I want to do it in the first place. And I think, and, and, and being in a space where you can sit with that uncertainty, and this is where I'm linking it now to my kind of journey of understanding how I get triggered or I get upset or by understanding actually these are just uh, I need to if I'm able to sit with those uh, those that indecision and that fear and then for myself how that helps you sit with other people's indecision and mm. fear and less about oh please do it please do it and I'm like let's find out why what is mm-hmm. it you realize actually they really don't want it as early as possible you don't have to push them. Like you say, you don't have to push them to do something. Just say, mm-hmm. okay, when you're a bit clearer, then come back. Or we can have the conversation to help you be more clear about it. Mm-hmm. And then, then you then it feels a bit more collaborative as a, as a journey rather than someone trying to push something on you. 
Yeah, and I just I'd say kind of both both sides of that are important because it's it, you know in some respects yes if you're not ready then come back when you are ready that is true but equally we can also if we're not careful we can just be using that as a way of avoiding yeah. the the, the we, conversation because actually in many instances somebody may be saying that but what they're actually saying is I don't yet know I don't yet fully understand I don't yet fully appreciate what it is that you're trying to do. And so actually it's an invitation for the next, the next, the next uh, iteration, the next spin of the conversational wheel. So, yeah. uh, you know, those two things being mindful to keep, to, to, to keep both those two things together. Exactly. I think it's when we unconsciously do something. So we say, Oh, I'll come back later when you're clear, because I'm kind of scared of having that conversation mm-hmm. and feeling rejected, as opposed to, I clearly know this person is not ready. Yeah. Because they are too confused at the moment. And any pushing now will just tip them into more chaos. Mm-hmm. And for me, it relates to this conversation question we had at the beginning about what money means to us, is that if we're more aware of the feelings and the needs underlying those feelings when we talk about money, I think the better we're able to connect with the people we want to help when they're having certain feelings and you can observe them and you can be clearly you can clearly see what's going on for them. To work with that situation more skillfully, more compassionately, rather than bulldozing someone into a decision or running away because you don't want to, you don't mm-hmm. want to feel like you're pushing them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's. I feel like maybe we can have more of these conversations around just being a bit more skillful and self-aware around these mm-hmm. things, so that we can communicate that this pricing thing isn't about just selling more for the sake of making more money. It's about being able to work with the right people. And have them in a much better place to pay the money that you're you need to be paid, mm-hmm. uh, and they need to pay in order to get the value that they want. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been asking people, um, particularly in the past cohorts, is uh, we'd like to hear your questions and topics that we could riff off of. Um, and I wanted to kind of like finish off on. Uh, a topic that was sent through by uh, Beth, who um, who was on the first cohort, um, uh, Beth Derry, um, and she was asking the topic that she wanted to ask to talk about is ha- about taking time out to focus on strategy when work keeps coming in. So um, for her, things are going well. Uh, clients are really interesting. Uh, they love her work. We, work keeps them coming in. She, you know, she's actually doing well and is earning more. Um, but she needs to. She she may need to say no to some tempting work um, in order to, to to have time and space to make changes. So mm-hmm. I think it's this idea of this combination of working in the business rather than on the business, or mm-hmm. working in the pricing rather than on the pricing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have any thoughts or. Um, and if anyone has any questions related to that, please feel free to post them into the chat. Any thoughts around how to divide that space or, you know, that experience of not having enough space to do that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, there is a there's a thing around discipline for sure, isn't there? You know, and I think a big part of that, I think it's very, uh, it's kind of counterintuitive in some respects to turn down work, isn't it, really? Because that feels like a, uh, an uneasy thing to do. And also, I mean, it feels uneasy because of the sort of perceived risk around it. 
but also because of the way we're all brought up really or most of us brought up you know this kind of feeling busy is actually much more reassuring <laughs> even before you get into sort of stories of you know kind of money or opportunity or what you know might be happening down the line actually feeling busy is something that um you know we're actually all much much more comfortable with and so we kind of you know get sort of stuck in a place where we do keep taking things on because we feel more busy and that makes us feel good and so and so it goes on but of course in when when we do that we aren't creating the space to do the classic thing of you know kind of working on the business not in the business um and you know so you need through some discipline and probably through with the support of other people to create the space you know whatever the the frequency is so that there is a fixed point where you can be forced to step out of your business a little bit to have different conversations with different people about the work that you do about how you're selling about how you're pricing so there is that kind of formal structure the structure would kind of help that hmm. uh, and actually the the practice of saying no to some things is incredibly important actually because you know a it creates some space for you to be able to do that work but you know it 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 kind of forces some change in the business actually it forces some change in you it forces change in in the work you do and how you do it to practice saying no it will be an invitation for new things to change and it's very very hard to do uh because we're not taught how to do it and so actually the more the the quicker the sooner you get into start experimenting with no the better i would say mm. there's um there's something here around boundaries mm. um, when you talk about no how do we create clear uh, boundaries for ourselves as well as for the people that we may or may not want to work with uh and then i link that to kind of clarity of intention um and knowing what's enough uh and so there's, um, I think when you're clear about why you're in business and what it is you're getting out of it, uh, and and not only the financial needs and 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 targets and goals, but also the emotional needs and energy needs, you know, mm. relationship needs, um, needs around for yourself, um, and getting away and and stop thinking about it that being selfish, but actually you know, to be self-sustaining. <laughs> mm not only in terms of the business, but in terms of your energy, not knowing what they are will, will I believe, then just lead to a, a habitual yes, 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 more, 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 because we don't know what's happening further down the line, and so we need to make sure we get as much money now rather in case there's no money later. Mm. I think questioning that and then and, and being clear about why, why you're saying no, and it links a bit to, I think, when we're talking about at the beginning of the course is like, we, you, you ask that question, what will more money buy you? Uh, so to give you a real clear intention as to why you're pricing better. And that links us to well, why, what is this business giving me mm -hmm. yeah. other than work to do? Um, and I think if we're able to then question that and say, okay, I need space, I need time with the family, and you start creating these clear silos, you know, you'd be a bit more disciplined, right? I, I'm not going to do that because it's going to impinge on this other part of my life which is also important. Uh, and in my in my head is like, um, I want to be able to pick up the kids and drop them off at school and be flexible for my wife. So I design the business in that way. And I will not work with certain people if that entails me having to do a specific nine to five 
on a certain time. I, I, I would find it very difficult to go back with, to corporate because it's going to impinge on that need for freedom. Mm-hmm. But that means I need to then design this business in a way where I say no to the right, wrong things that don't serve me and yes to the things that do, and which yeah. may also charging more for less time because yeah. that's important for me to have that freedom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's the discipline of actually having the accountability to actually spend time with spend that extra time you do have on thinking about your pricing as well as your business strategy or the yeah. the products you want to create. Cool. Awesome. Um, any last words, Ben, on that? Um, no, the only thing that was coming up, just as you were saying there, just in the, uh, in the, in the happy pricing manifesto, we talk about one of the, there's a few things there about saying no, but, and one of them is an afternoon nap is not a luxury. Uh, and so I think that just, it talks to the same thing, you know, whatever is important to you actually, um, to kind of use pricing, to use how you sell, to create the space, to create the time for you to be able to do the things which are important whether that's have a nap in the afternoon, whether that's to read in the afternoon, whether that's to go for a walk, to recharge, replenish, whatever it might be that gives you the energy to be able to do the work that you you want to do. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing that I'd say is I think like you were talking about, about not working with people nine to five uh, and so that ruling out some corporate things. I think you're, you're so far beyond ever being accepted back into the corporate environment <laughs> that you don't need to worry about that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my safety net is gone. Paris. <laughs> I've burned my bridges now. I'm stuck here. Oh dear. Um cool. I was I, I, something else sprang to mind, but I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh yeah, for those of you who are watching now and there are some topics that you'd love us to talk more about or talk to please click on the, the green button uh, in the middle of your screen uh, and you, there's a, it goes to a type form. And I'll put the, for those of you just listening on the podcast afterwards, I'll stick it in the show notes so that, um, you know, as well as answer question, answering, question live, uh, answering questions live, uh, we'd love to know what, what it is that would help you. And we've got a whole list of things that we can talk about over the next few weeks. But uh, we'd rather kind of focus on the challenges that you have uh, and see how we can be of service there. Next time, I think we're going to do this fortnightly for now to give Mm -hmm. us to pace this out a bit more. Um, Actually, that reminds me of a thing I did want to talk about in terms of feedback from the course. And I think it's going to influence this is giving uh, enough space to absorb the information. Mm -hmm. Um, It's quite an intense course. There's a lot to learn, isn't there, Ben? There is, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so a bit more percolation time, a bit more marinating, uh, I think, is beneficial all round. Yeah, um, and so next time round, maybe toying with the idea of making it over two weeks rather than a single week, just because between each kind of you know we do these live sessions, there's a lot to learn, there's a lot to talk about and process, and then it's it there is some space to just work out what it means for for you and then to come back with the right questions. It's that classic thing. I can remember the, my dead brother, uh, my son was talking to me the other day about um, put downs that he remembers like a day later that he should have used. Mm. 
<laughs> Needs to make a note of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, the questions, that, the really pertinent questions, all the things that I wish we'd have talked about now that I'll remember probably this afternoon. You know, we need some space for the brain to, to process those. So that's mm. something that we'd like to do. And on that, maybe we want to like space out these sessions as well so that we can gather some questions and ideas from, from all of you listening uh, and, you know, be able to, to, to help you as best we can. Cool. So, um, yeah, please follow us, uh, follow the Happy Startup School on Crowdcast so that you can get your alerts as to when we're going live. Um, I encourage you to download the Crowdcast app, actually, because that's a really useful way. Um, you can just listen along live as well as watch. While washing up. While no, you're washing, washing up. Your dishes. <laughs> exactly. So, Sam, every <laughs> Tuesday morning, every two weeks, you can do the washing up and have us piping through your ears. Uh, and it just gives you a little alert, and it's quite easy to, to get on board. And then you can also schedule stuff and, and, and queue stuff up as well as listen to listen back to it easily. Uh, a bit like a podcast app. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ben. Thank you, Carlos. It's uh, been a pleasure as always. Thank you, everyone who's been listening live. Really appreciate your attention and energy. Uh, and until next time, which will uh, the uh, topic for next time is pricing and community. Um, and so we're going to play around with that idea. Uh, we've been running a community for online community membership community for a good three four years now uh and yeah it's it's been interesting doing the pricing course and reflecting on how we tackle the whole pricing thing <laughs> not as skillfully as i'd like but anyway mm -hmm. cool you take care have a great rest of the morning likewise and thank you all see you bye next bye. time Thank you for listening to our Waking Up to Money podcast. We hope you found it useful. If you're new to this podcast and this idea of waking up to money, then you may be interested in our Happy Pricing Manifesto and course. Go to our website at happypricing.co where you can download the manifesto and also get a copy of our Happy Pricing Canvas. The manifesto is our declaration of what we believe is important for pricing well and pricing happy. The Canvas is a tool to help you make sense of the prices you currently set and what you can do to price more methodically and confidently. Twice a year, we also run our Happy Pricing course, where you'll get the chance to learn more deeply the ideas we share on the podcast with the guidance and support of Ben and the cohort of like-minded peers who'll be doing the course with you. Please register to the course if you'd like to get alerted of when we're running it next. Go to the website, again, happypricing.co forward slash course. Also, please remember to follow us on Spotify and to share this episode and links to the podcast with any friends you think would find it useful. If you'd like to ask your questions live on our Waking Up To Money show, then register to our Crowdcast channel by going to ahappy.link forward slash waking up to money. See you soon.